1983, David Bowie took his fame to new heights with the success of his 15th studio album, Let's Dance. The English art rocker had specifically sought out commercial success for this album, hiring on dance and R&B hitmaker Nile Rodgers to produce for him. Let's Dance became the fastest-selling album since the Beatles' Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band in 1967 and even managed to get nine of Bowie's previous albums to rank on the UK Top 100 albums along with Let's Dance. David Bowie was bigger than he had ever been. He had money, fame, and full creative license to make whatever kind of art he wanted. So what happened next? He knocked out what many considered to be the worst albums of his career. Quote, The huge commercial success meant absolutely nothing to me. It didn't make me feel good. I felt dissatisfied with everything I was doing, and eventually it started showing in my work. The next two albums after Let's Dance showed that my lack of interest in my own work was really becoming transparent, said Bowie in a 1995 interview with Rolling Stone. Bowie's not wrong. There's some really sloppy work on 1984's Tonight and 1987's Never Let Me Down. But one Bowie song from this time period still managed to make its way onto Rolling Stone's list of 30 essential David Bowie songs. That song, however, features on neither of those albums. Rather, it features on the soundtrack for the cult classic 1986 film, Labyrinth. A sort of spiritual successor to 1982's The Dark Crystal, Jim Henson's Labyrinth starred Jennifer Connelly as Sarah, a young girl who must journey through the labyrinth to save her baby brother by confronting the Goblin King, played by none other than Mr. Bowie himself. Although Bowie plays a major role in the film, it was the promise of working on the soundtrack that drew him in. Quote, I'd always wanted to be involved in the music writing aspect of a movie that would appeal to children of all ages, as well as everyone else. And I must say that Jim gave me a completely free hand with it, said Bowie. Bowie's contribution to the soundtrack consists of five tracks, each with varying levels of relevance to the actual plot of the film, though all featured directly in the movie, often sung by the characters themselves. However, one track in particular was a special request by Henson, who was looking for something old-fashioned. Quote, Jim Henson wanted something which was fairly old-fashioned in its sentiments, and it is, for me, the prettiest tune in the movie and the most relaxed, said Bowie. His fondness for the track was apparent, as Bowie recorded a version of it to release as a single and even made a music video to promote it. The single and music video, however, were cancelled and would not see a proper release until the mid-90s. The reason for the cancellation is uncertain, though Bowie biographer Nicholas Pegg speculates that the musician didn't want to draw attention away from his then-upcoming album, Never Let Me Down. Maybe a little distraction from his 17th studio album wouldn't have been such a bad idea after all. That's right, we're talking As the World Falls Down by David Bowie on Bowie Me. There's such a sad love Deep in your eyes it kind of held you That's right, it's Bowie Me, the only podcast that compares famous songs to their many cover versions to find out which one is a kind of pale jewel. I'm your host, as always, The Snake, joined by my falling co-host... Alex Mildenberger. Alex! As he falls away. As he falls away. Down he's caught by the world many just hands. falls apart. Many hands, yeah, I have so many yeah. hands. <laughs> and I, I think there are myself. other people's hands. Yeah. Okay, um, Alex. I, yeah. Uh, touching yourself, touching God, falling. Alex Mildenberger, how are you? Uh, I'm doing pretty swell. Pretty swell. Yep. Excellent. Doing glad to swell. hear it. What'd you say? I said glad to hear it, Alex. Oh, I'm glad you're glad. So I'm, I'm talking glad. into my microphone, which is important for the audience. Right. But for you, I should be talking into my laptop, which is behind the microphone. Because you have multiple uh, microphones due to technical issues today. Yeah, uh, for those that are listening at home, I just fucked up like fucking 
A thing a broke. Audio equipment. A thing broke. A minor thing broke on an old piece of audio, and now everything's just up in the fucking air. I'm gonna have to take out a new mortgage on my rental apartment. <laughs> it's tough out here. <laughs> yep. That's how I am, but I am excited to be here, Alex, in this proverbial studio talking about sort of an oddity, a little, a little David Bowie oddity from the mid-80s. Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, he's obviously got his, like, sort of 80s albums, which are mixed, and we've talked <laughs> about them before. We talked about uh, Loving the Alien in particular yes. a while back. Um, Highlight from those those albums. Yeah, and even then, like there's room for improvement kind of thing yeah absolutely um but this is his acting career at the time which was maybe a little something he was a little more interested in but also singing and doing the music uh which is fun yeah yeah he got to really get his hands in every part of this operation and other than i think yeah except well yeah they didn't let you don't touch the puppets those are jim henson's muppets those are muppets we need professionals on there we need Mm -hmm. frank oz we need kevin nash um other famous muppeteers (laughs) but i think i've always disregarded the his musical contributions on this i was kind of just a novelty because I'm like, okay, yeah, he's in the movie. It's a bit of fun. These these things about a song about being reminded of the babe, which is itself Wait, a reference. The uh, babe with the power. Which is itself a reference? <laughs> yeah, to the, uh, we'll talk about this probably twice okay. today, you and I, yeah. but to the film, the Bo- Bachelor and the Bobby Soxer from 19, I'm going to say 56. Wow. Yeah. I missed that. Factoid. It's, uh. I, I found that little factoid. I watched the scene. Uh, it's irrelevant. Folks, tune in next week to find out more about it. Because this week we're talking about as the world falls down. Um, Alex, what do you think about this song? What do you think about this soundtrack since I kind of brought it up? And what do you think about this song? I think about that. I mean, I guess the soundtrack as a whole. I mean, I've been a huge fan of Magic Dance for years. You were the one who introduced me to that song. I'm not originally. surprised. <laughs> Um, in like junior high school, because you used to say the the chorus sometimes. Yeah. Um, and then we watched the movie. Of course. Um, had you seen the movie before then, or were you just familiar yes. with the song? Yeah. This is the movie is one of those ones I don't fully know the first time I saw it, but I think it was probably like a day I was homesick from school. You know, I don't know if you had that experience. You're like you're homesick. Your parents yeah. are like, well, this is on TV. You just fucking sit here and be sick to it and you're like all right sick yeah i am familiar with that experience <laughs> well that was i think i think this is one of those films for me okay. i know the last unicorn for sure is but i think this one is too <laughs> all right cool cool yeah this you you introduced this to me 100 percent. yeah I, that makes sense and that i don't remember if we rented it or you bought it or what but we, i remember watching it at your place and yeah. then now i have it on a good old DVD. Hell yeah. Is it the DVD with the like the, the cool box art where you can like move it left and right? And it's no, like, I don't have that one. I have the like three pack. It comes with the Dark Crystal and oh, this solid. and then another uh, Jim Henson Company movie called Mirror Mask. Mirror Mask. Yeah. That's kind of fun. Which is, I think, written by Neil Gaiman. I've only watched I it once. I believe that. So. Yeah. Okay. It was a long time ago. Right. Um, but yeah, I, I like this movie uh, quite a bit. It's a very entertaining movie. Yeah, <laughs> it's... Uh, Dave Bowie sings in it sometimes. Dave Bowie sings it's, it's a visual Muppets. delight. 
Yeah, we'll, I, we'll the other thing I remember about content, this movie. Yeah. No, I'll tell mm-hmm. the movie anecdote in the movie sure. episode. Oh, okay, okay, all right, folks. Tune in next week for Alex's movie anecdote. Yeah. Uh, but Alex, this song, best song on the album, on the soundtrack. Oh, right, this song. song. I don't know. Uh, I, down. It's it's a nice it's a nice love ballad though. Hmm. Um, what do you think of it? I, yeah, I would like. I'm shocked at how good it is, particularly because it's right between his like two worst albums. And to hear Bowie talk about it this time, he's like, "Ah, oh, it's all bullshit." But like, Jimmy Henson's like, "Hey, can you do something like kind of like like fifties ish?" He's like, "Sure, you got it," <laughs> and then knocks yeah. this out. <laughs> That's the other thing. I like one of the big thing like stories about those other two eighties albums were that you know Bowie would write lyrics and not be that involved in the production side. Mm-hmm. So like the the actual music was not very Bowie esque, and then it kind of suffered for that. Um, yeah, but it seems like that's not what was happening in this case. So this is kind of more of like an '80s Bowie record than almost any of the other ones. Um, and in all cases, like he's still Bowie writing lyrics, and like he's good at he's really good at that. Like <laughs> he is that. Yeah. So it was like uh, it gave yeah. him just enough direction or something. Like there's just enough restriction to reel him in to to put out something good. Hmm. Because I was reading about Never Let Me Down, and I think it was Carlos Alomar talking about it. He's like, we would get these demos from Bowie and have to recreate those. He's like, so I'm listening to a guy imitating my musical stylings. He's meant to, you know, play like me. And then I have to imitate his imitation. He's like, what the fuck is going on here? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that would have been an odd process. Yeah, um, utterly bizarre. And this, I mean, it definitely has a real like '80s sound to it. Obviously, they couldn't have known that as much at the time, but um, just because of the way the synthesizers are used and stuff. Yeah, strong uh, synthesizer presence. Yeah. Um, even like the tone on the bass guitar in this is very like '80s to like '90s RPG games like <laughs> sound. Yeah, it has a bit of that. It's kind of like slidey. Yeah, and just like like that sort of like rounded, bit slidey, bit soft. You'll hear that in like the Mother series, for example, Earthbound, Mother 3, Earthbound Zero. Probably not Earthbound Zero. It's, it's a little <laughs> sound chip's a little rough on that. But you'll get some of that kind of bass noise, and it's always what that makes me think oh, of. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I didn't realize that. Well, now you've realized it, Alex. <laughs> um, or have you? You've just heard me tell you about it. But uh, what do you think? 30 essential Bowie songs? This is top top thirty, yeah, top thirty. I probably if if someone w- told me to put together a list of the top of like thirty Bowie songs you had to listen to, I probably wouldn't go to this one. Yeah, I think this would probably be a miss. Yeah, only because I mean I'm way more familiar with Magic Dance um, mm-hmm. off of this album. I mean, there's other ones, uh, you know, Chili Down. <laughs> listen, that's fun. I've got some strong opinions on Chili Down. Chili Down has some other issues, but, yeah. What, the J- Jamaican voices? Are, yeah. <laughs> yeah, all right, all right. <laughs> we're, we're losing some gas here. Alex, as the world falls yeah. down, let's rip through. Let's get into these lyrics, because they're, yeah. they're a bit of poetry, aren't they, folks? Yeah, they're Bowie lyrics. They're Bowie lyrics. So we begin, there's such a sad love deep in your eyes, a kind of pale jewel open and closed within your eyes. I'll place the sky within your eyes. Within your eyes. In yeah. your eyes. Isn't that a Phil Collins song? Um, it's uh, Peter Gabriel. Ah, oh, fuck. Okay. Because yeah. I, I heard Bowie eyes. call this this era of his career the, his Phil Collins years. Phil so Collins. Great yeah. Slam yeah dunk, I do you remember that? 
No good. No good, Alex. <laughs> um, what are we thinking in this first verse? This first verse? I mean, he, this is kind of... Like, this is Jareth, right? The J- David Bowie's character in the film. Kind of yeah. talking to Jennifer Connelly's character, Sarah, right? Yes. I, do you think that's the only uh, context for this? I feel like this is one of the ones that kind of just plays loose. Yeah, it's got to be loose. Although I do feel like a lot of it is directed at Sarah. I think it works very well for Sarah and for mm-hmm. a sort of like teenage love, maybe. It's a bit of that like 50s, it's a bit of that ballad. And the ideas of romance presented in here are pretty sort of equal parts grand and vague. Right. And I think a lot of that, like if you look at the context of the movie, Jareth is kind of a, a construct created by Sarah, more or less. Yeah. So, like, there's sort of this immaturity to it. Yeah, it's definitely like, uh, yeah, it's a sort of childish, like, I guess, pubescent, more teenage, like, idea of love. Yeah. And, yeah, so she kind of creates this romantic character who's both, like, intimidating and mysterious and also kind of, like, as he says, he's like, I've I've given in all your demands. He's like, I fucking warped time for you. (laughs) Like, (laughs) what do you want? And so you, you, you do get that in this, because he's talking about all these impossibles he's going to do. I'll place the sky within your eyes. Well, what the, f- the fuck does that mean? Yeah. Huh? And, and, like, other than that, the imagery, like, he's just saying, like, oh, I can see this, like, by looking into your eyes. The, the love is sad. Um, and then comparing it to this pale jewel that, you know, it still sparkles, but, like, there's a paleness to it. There's paleness to it. Yeah, it's, there's, there's, yeah, there's these ideas of, like, love, but a bit of hurt. Um, open and closed is the next thing he brings up, which is to say he's like, I can tell that you're open to the idea of love maybe, but you're also closing yourself off to it at the same time. You're kind of guarding yourself. Bit of yeah. sadness, bit of gu- like it's, he's playing yeah with some, uh, some opposites here. Mm-hmm. I'm not exactly, I guess placing the sky within your eyes is perhaps not exactly sure. Cause like within the eyes, that's where the desire kind of lives. So if you put the sky mm-hmm. in there, does that mean like freeing desire? Yeah, something I like wonder that. if it is something like that, like freedom or even just like the idea like to look up. Here's something to look up to. Like when mm-hmm. we think of sadness, we think of looking down. So he's like, here's, yeah, a little bit of something for you. But yeah, I think that's the general idea. He's like, I'm going to give you. And I guess because we're also talking about the world falling down is that's going to come up later. And he's also putting the world into her. He puts the the sky in her eyes, and the next one he puts the moon in her eyes, mm. like, like a big pizza pie, <laughs> <laughs> like a pizza pie. And I mean, this is something that I saw come up a couple times. Like one of the things that happens in the in the movie uh, is it doesn't come up really explicitly, but like the the mother character at the beginning of the movie mm-hmm. is Jennifer Connelly's stepmother, right? Well, she's treated like an evil stepmother. Yeah, I thought it says. was her stepmother. But I'm trying to remember if it ever says that explicitly. It doesn't explicitly say that. and Because I thought that for a second, too. But then there is a picture. And this doesn't prove that she's not a stepmom. But I think it, it like draws some of the like weirdness. You got to do a couple of steps. There's a picture of her and David Bowie, her mom and David Bowie from a newspaper and it's like the onstage kiss that made everyone real steamy or whatever. That's the, the big headline is the onstage kiss. Right. And so I think 
and like a, again, a little more expounding because she's reading from that playbook, the labyrinth, which it seems to be a play because there's lines in it. She uh, refers so them that as could lines be the, specifically. The play happening. That's the, the play. And then Jennifer Connelly clearly has a crush on the actor David Bowie and the character he plays in this. And then so maybe it's a little bit like like a sort of Oedipus complex going on where she's like, my mom kissed the guy that I have the hots for. So I have resentment towards that. Mm, Yeah. But that's a lot of work to do. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so yeah, to 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 bring it back to it, I don't fucking know. I don't. I don't really know, Alex. Is yeah, because there's a lot mom? of stuff they don't really say explicitly. You know, mm-hmm. say in the background. Which I mean is great, but so I think. About, yeah, but I mean that. I guess even without the the divorce thing, uh, mm-hmm. there's she does have some like feelings of abandonment. She does seem to talk about that, like when her parents are going out, and she's like, "Oh, you're always leaving me to take care of." Uh, the baby kind of fucking thing. Toby, fucking Toby, just crying. Stealing yeah, yeah, a yeah. Lot. Um, so that seems to be like part of it. Like, I'm trying to work that into this, but I guess this like extreme dedication is maybe in contrast to that idea of of being abandoned. Right. So she is kind of like if we take David Bowie as this conjuration of her desires. She's conjuring someone who will like do all for her regardless of circumstance, regardless of if there's a new baby in the life or uh-huh. they're going out for fucking whatever the hell they're going out for in the film. It's not clear. <laughs> Somebody who's going to let the dog uh-huh. inside when it's raining, you know? Like, yeah. So yeah, she's created this because she's had, and so much of it, I guess, if we're tying it to the film, like it's this pubes, it's this idea of, you know, it's a coming of age, like growing up, putting aside childish things, taking on new responsibilities. A lot of that comes up in the film. Mm-hmm. And so I fucking just lost my train of thought here entirely. So like that's in kind of the background of this song. Yeah, exactly. Like this song, like it's there, but then, but it's like kind of informing how it goes. But then like, ultimately it's more of a straightforward, like I'm very dedicated to you love song. Right. I guess what I was going to say there is that she's now moving from this child's idea of love, which is this unconditional love from a parent. And then she's finding out that like, as she's growing, her parents expect her to do shit and she's not just their precious baby anymore. She's then trying to like turn that parental love into this new romantic love. She's trying to shift it. And that's maybe part of the growing process is understanding and, and changing love. And here she invents this guy who's like, I'll bring you the sky on the moon. <laughs> he does exactly fantastic. that. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, let's move on to what is still considered verse one, but it's the second yeah. stanza. There's such a fooled heart beating so fast in search of new dreams, a love that will last within your heart. I'll place the moon within your heart. Yeah, I mean, the love that will last line, I think, is pretty, like, like what we were talking about, um, wanting to not be abandoned in that way, like something that will last forever, or perhaps even to replace what she would view as the love not given by her parents. Yeah. And of course, there is the the non-movie tied version of this that even works with verse one, which is just somebody who's been hurt and loved before. Yeah, absolutely. A little more general. It fits. It's lots. It's the reason the song works. In yeah. and outside of the context of the film. But yeah, fooled heart, you know, it's it's somebody who's been tricked in love and it's it's beating fast. There's like an anxiety and excitement as it searches for new things. Um, but we also find in the chorus that this search like hurts and 
doesn't always lead to what you want. So there's this, again, this idea of just kind of being like guarded and open and scared and excited, all kind of tied up in those lines. Those opposites you were talking yeah. about. Yeah. It's a living contradiction. Yeah. And then, of course, the, like, the moon line you mentioned before. Yeah. Putting the world inside. Now, is there anything here, uh, you know, serious moonlight? Was fucking David Bowie just big into the moon in the 80s? <laughs> Probably. I guess he's always Under been the moonlight, the, like a the star man. Moonlight. The serious moonlight. He had yeah. the serious moonlight tour. He played a vampire in a movie, right? Yeah, and they love the moon vampires. Yeah. <laughs> um, what do you think about the moon? Is the moon just romance, like in a more symbolic Place sense? the moon within your heart. Yeah, it's not your eyes this time, it's your heart. Right, it's your heart. And like like you said, the moon is sometimes considered this like symbol of romance, you know, kissing under mm-hmm. the moon or whatever. Or like um, sometimes longing or But also reflection. like right? But yeah, also it's like a very large grand symbol, right? Yes. It's this massive thing. Um and then like so maybe yeah, like it's this I'll put this like huge massive unfathomable symbol of love within you. Yeah, I'll do that. Your heart, I, which is also another symbol of love. Mm-hmm. See, I wonder what putting the moon in the heart does, besides being, like, physically a bad idea. It's not going to work. Mm-hmm. But, like, symbolically, is it, <laughs> is it like, I'm by my placing the moon here, this, this romantic object within your heart, it's going to create a longing for me, or is it like, this will satisfy your cravings because the moon, the symbol of some romance, is now right within your heart. You're, you're going to be fucking jazzed up on love just all love it's love 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 <laughs> something like that something like that we hit what's called the chorus here um yeah i pay. consider it more of a pre-chorus yeah i could and then just like as the world falls down as a re- like a refrain yeah exactly yeah, yeah and like so a lot of the covers treat it that way too yeah so you get, as the pain sweeps through, makes no sense to you. Every thrill is gone. Wasn't too much fun at all. But I'll be there for you, ooh, ooh, as the world falls down. Yeah, I mean, this is where we get, obviously, the world falls down, the title of the song. Um, mm-hmm. But also, it makes it seem like he's comforting her based on another thing that ended, right? Yeah. Because, like, the pain, or, like, something happened, the pain's sweeping through, like, it's, you can't make sense of it, and, like, they don't feel good, but, like, he's still there. Yeah, he's almost, I wonder if, because we know Bowie is not real, he's not a real guy in, right. in, in the film. So, is, does this relate, in a sense, I don't think he's drawing directly from this, but I'm just noting a parallel in um, Even a Fool Learns to Love, his uh, English versions of Come Dabby Tood. Or he talks about uh, this this idea of love, this fantasy of love. He's like because he he, he kind of learns to surprise surprise he learns to love in the song. Even a fool learns to love, and then he finds out that that love wasn't actually real. But the idea of it, he he then says he's like I'm going to cling to that idea of it because how fantastic it felt. So then, so he, what's here ending here? Chorus, what the world falling down means is is that idea being destroyed. No, rather, she is out here, she's trying to find love in her own ways, and even as these things fall apart, this idea, this David Bowie at the masquerade ball, will be there for her. Oh, I see, because it's like, she's the, he's the fantasy. Mm-hmm. So, like, as she, like, struggles through relationships, and, like, things fall apart, you know, every thrill is gone, and you find it wasn't too much fun at all, hey, he'll always have this fantasy of yours where you're running around this creepy ball 
I'm hiding behind a little fan that's just behind <laughs> you. You don't know it uh, as the world falls down. I do like that. I, I like that as well. Yeah. Because he is kind of her safety blanket, more or less. Mm hmm. And I, I will be some comfort to you as the world falls down. And he also claims to be this, this ultimate idea of like uh, romance. He's like, I'll put the sky in your eye, the moon mm-hmm. in your heart. I'll be your fucking Valentine evenings, your golden mornings or whatever, um, which we'll get to here. If people yeah. are confused, listen to the song. Um, one other thing I had to say about that, as the world falls down, does that not include the sky and the moon? Uh, that's a good question. I mean, I always just thought of it as like as your world kind of yeah. Falls I thought apart of it in a very like your own pain. Yeah, but if we think of the world, does that encompass the atmosphere and then the thing around it, or the does things it that he's encompass? put in her eyes and heart now? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I suppose so because it's all part of the world. It's just, I guess it's it is. things that are high up too. Right, but now those mm, yeah, interesting. They I don't know. Fall the furthest. They would fall the furthest, but maybe he's put those in her to make this kind of safety net. He's like, you now have a sky and a moon, so even if your your footing is gone, the world's falling down, you still got something to, to look at. <laughs> like, something to hope for in your <laughs> Like, there's for. something there, even though the world itself is no longer underneath you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because then as the world falls down, we go falling, falling down, falling in love. True. And I mean, there's falling in the movie, too. There is falling in the movie. It's a big falling movie. Sort of a love letter to falling. Love letter to falling. <laughs> falling is really a character in the movie. Yeah, it's <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, but that's your your chorus and your refrain, your pre-chorus, your refrain, whatever you want to call it. Next verse. I'll paint you mornings of gold. I'll spin you Valentine evenings. Though we're strangers until now, we're choosing the path between the stars. I'll leave my love between the stars. Between the stars. Another high up thing. Yes. Sky related. The moon is in the sky. So are the stars. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I think the start of that, mornings of gold, Valentine's evenings, both very idealized, like romantic times. Yeah. You know, the mornings of gold, the idea of like sitting or like lying around with someone and just watching the sunrise. Exactly. It's just like, oh, it's beautiful. It's perfect. It's comfortable. Mm-hmm. And I'm painting you those. Yeah. So he is. In a sense, them. like, he's giving her representations rather than the real thing. Right, it's not quite the real thing. But it sounds really good it's when painting, he's painting, it's to spinning, you. I don't, I mean, which like to me would mean quite, not quite real. Yeah. Though we're strangers until now, so this is a very, like, again, this sort of, like, teenage idea, this very, like, hyper-romantic idea is you meet some stranger, but Right, and then fall right deeply away. in love immediately. Yeah. And understand each other perfectly. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the path between the stars. Wow. That sounds nice. Going, going to the Hollywood Walk of Fame. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm just hanging out in Hollywood and meeting famous people. Um, I guess, how would I describe how the path between the stars is a romantic idea? I mean, they're soaring, sort of, mm-hmm. which could, which is just falling with style. Of course, as we know. <laughs> as we know. And, uh, and like they're together. I'm trying to tie it in with like the idea of being star crossed, but I don't think that's not, that's quite, uh, it. I think it's maybe more, even more general than that. Just being like stars are romantic. Like the same with the moon's romantic. Right, like it's you like, wish upon a star, you look at romantic. the stars yeah. at night or the moon or whatever, mm-hmm. even though we can't really see them very well in the city. 
And them choosing the path, I think, is kind of interesting. It's like we are choosing. Mm. I almost saw, saw it as like we're choosing the impossible. Like people say it can't be done. We can't be two strangers who, who paint mornings of gold and spin Valentine evenings. But we're choosing that path. Right. It's kind of like Young Turks almost. Yeah, a bit. <laughs> of like it's the romance and like there's problems, but we got to be together and that's what matters. That's what matters. Yeah. Um, and I'll leave my love between the stars. He's like, that's where it is, baby. That's where love goes. That's where the love goes. In the sky. In the sky, between the stars, that's where you can find it. Come and get it, baby. You hit your pre-chorus refrain again. Um, and then the, the outro, falling as the world through. falls down, falling as the world falls down. For a long time. Yeah, uh, makes falling no sense at all. Makes no sense to fall. Right, and I mean, that kind of ties in with some of the, like, choosing our path stuff only like again as i mentioned the the um young turks connection yeah <laughs> like that young it doesn't turks make connection. sense like it's not a good it doesn't like looking at it from the outside it's not necessarily a good idea mm-hmm. you know like there's a lot of reasons not to logically do it but like right. they have to they have to yeah it makes no sense um yeah and even like the ideas he's the characters he's painted this person who is like a sort of walking contradiction of open and closed excited and scared so like everything about love is is a, is a contradiction it makes no sense he's like it makes no sense to fall it's not logical but it's happening even as the world falls down which seems like the worst time to fall in love when everything's falling apart but hey man maybe that's just right yeah maybe that's the best time maybe it's the only time hey that's probably not true uh that could but that's the words man that's the words that's our that's our interpretation of basically it's just like a very like hyper romantic love song yes which fits in with the character i mean this is the part i watched the movie this week uh i was watching with with uh with my partner hey and that was when she like leaned over and she was like is he into her? Yeah. I was like, yeah, yes. <laughs> like, yes, he absolutely is. That's uh yeah, great, great bit of film there. I watched it with my partner this week as well. Have you and two then, watched it together before? Yeah, we've watched it before. She's seen it before? Yeah, I've yeah, seen it before. Because I forced her to. <laughs> I was like, listen, if you're gonna be with me, you gotta see Dave Bowie's hog and tights. <laughs> it's just it's just not gonna happen otherwise. And then maybe later we can watch the man who fell to earth and you can see it without the tights. Yeah, <laughs> compare, contrast, <laughs> see what you think. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Alex, what does this whole thing sound like? What does it sound like? Well, like you mentioned, there's like a kind of a, kind of a '50s sound to it. It's using the like f- what what is often called the '50s progression or the doo wop progression, mm. which is One, very six, four, '50s. Five. Yeah, exactly. It gets used a lot. Um, it is a love ballad. I think it's pretty poppy. It's kind of like sappy too in like an 80s way, especially with oh, these yeah. synthesizers it uses. They're very, yeah. they're kind of bright and sparkly, but they have the like, I mean, I, I would compare the aesthetic of these synthesizers to the aesthetic of the movie where it's kind of like diffuse mm-hmm. and like shiny, but also like there's so much lens flare and stuff that it's like soft. Yeah. Like for the purposes of this, like, like romance feel it's like yeah bright diffuse and it's like oh look at this romantic setting yeah and it's just the like da 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 which really that pretty simple riff uh kind of comes up again a few times in the song 
Yeah. There's another it's thing that's kind like of the, neat. The sort Sorry. of lead in in a lot of ways in the movie too. It, you hear mm-hmm. it a few times before it comes up here. Yeah. It does. And uh, yeah, it's uh, oh, man, simple riffs. I'm always impressed. Oh yeah. Um when they work. Cuz then the other simple riff element is that baseline which is like the backbone of this. This Yeah, I, the bassline is like the bass is very prominent on this song. Yeah. It rips. I love this bassline. Yeah, and it's just like so slow and like slides around. Um, but speaking of rhythm, there's an interesting thing that happens, and I only noticed this because it gets mentioned in, I think the it's Wikipedia on the Wikipedia page. page. Yes. Uh, the beginning part is in 3-4, mm-hmm. but it's hard to tell because it's only the synth. Like, there's no drums yeah, yet. There's nothing else, yeah. And then once the actual rhythm part comes in, it changes to 4-4. Four, four. Yeah, the bass comes in with the drums, and it's now in 4-4. Four, four. Yeah, it's quite, yeah, quite but interesting. Like, and, like, the riff is a little different there, so that's... That's a very like smooth move, and like I didn't even notice it. Yeah, it's pretty slick. Um, but then there's the so there's the two parts playing right here, right? Like there's the synth da 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 da, like playing down, and then the bass is <laughs> bum 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 bum, like kind of playing up. So they're sort of opposing each other. Yeah, as well, uh, which is a cool sound, and uh, they yeah they go like this for a while, and then you get yeah. some of those like hi hats on the drums. I think it's I don't know, is it a drum machine? I would believe that. I actually have the uh, I have the credits here. So Let's look at the like credits. Uh, production Steve composition Ficone on drums. Okay, but we also I feel have like Rob, may be both. But... Robbie Buchanan on programming, which is typically what like electric drums fall under. I yeah, think. that's true. So it could be both. I think yeah. later on there's more drums, so it would make sense. Yeah, I think, and some of them do have a very distinctly like just too even of a sound to be real drums. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Like they sound electronic for sure. Yeah. Um, you get that, and this kind of like muted funk guitar going on. This. When does that come in? Um, not long after the bass. It comes in with the vocals. Right. So that's like uh, once we hit the verse. Yeah. Yeah. The, yeah. That muted guitar a little bit. Mm-hmm. But it's all like pretty understated at this point, especially early on. Um, yeah. We also lose some of that intro synth once we hit the verse and the synth switch over to like ambient like pad stringy synths yeah um the other thing that happens here okay this yeah so i think the drums once we hit the verse kind of like get the low like get a low end (laughs) like there's bass drums yeah we get a little uh a little more low end from them absolutely a little bit as bowie's vocals come in uh, later on, the intro synth comes back. I think that's for the second stanza. It's not doing as much, but like it's back. Kind of plays chords. Yeah, it returns there. But yeah, here it's it's like very muted on instruments until we hit. Uh, well, we actually we get uh, like an extra chord from uh, the guitar once we hit the second stanza. It's like yeah, I think stings. that's is that where the low end comes in on the drums too. Yeah, that's same point there. Yeah, and then the synth. And then we get this far away like guitar scream to start taking us into that pre-chorus. Yeah, it's just that like little guitar lick at like 52 seconds or so. Yeah. You're like, oh, sick. That's interesting how it kind of plays with like distance. Mm Because some of the stuff really does sound far away. I don't know a lot of songs do that, but I don't know. The song really has this sort of nostalgic feeling of longing. Yeah pretty effectively 
and it keeps um, like impressive. some of those harsher sounds like that electric guitar which if you let it like ride up front would just break everything mm-hmm. keeps that just far enough back that it doesn't like break the illusion of this dreamy ballad space yeah i guess that's it too is it's like kind of a dream like the sequence in the movie mm-hmm. it's not really a dream sequence per se but it's definitely like magical and it's kind of it's all built around this like sort of amnesia thing right yeah so it's she's not like, a dream forgetting. sequence she's just not conscious for it yeah <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> and like she doesn't really know what's going on or remember a lot of the things that happened so yeah and it's like a masquerade ball yeah, it's, it's somehow this creepiest scene and features no actual Muppets in it. But. Yeah, the creepiest scene is humans. Um, humans, the, the true Muppets, makes you think, bro. Um, yeah, so that's the pre-chorus, or what we've decided to call the pre-chorus. Um, the other thing that happens in the... It kind of gets choppier. So mm-hmm. this happens um, just a little bit, like in, in the, the drum pattern and bass. Once we hit that part. Oh, yeah, it's boom, boom, bap, bap. Boom, bam, bam, bam. Exactly. From the like, boom, 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 boom. It's like so smooth before. And then I think it gets even choppier once we hit the actual refrain part. Yeah, I'm coming up to it just now. Well, you get yeah. that guitar kind of leading you up to that. Yes. And there's also, once we hit there, a flute synth. Yeah. Or like flute sound. It's still playing the intro riff. Mm-hmm. So you get that. Dun, 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 it's very dun. Majora's Mask to me. Yeah, 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 yeah. N64 there was definitely a little bit of like N64 sound font to this as well. Yeah, for sure. It, like, I mean, specifically, I'm thinking of the Astral Observatory or whatever from Majora's Mask. Yeah, that's like I can very fluty, and yeah, yeah, but that's yeah. like and like super saturated. Um, so that's cool. Uh, there's also a higher synth. Playing like yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, um, so that's cool. And then that kind of plays us in, like, at once we pass the, the refrain, plays us back into the verse, is, like, yeah. those instruments. Where what enters here, it must be a synth. It's in the left speaker. It starts maybe, like, two seconds after the verse goes in, but it's this... It's all, it almost sounds like he ripped, a, like, a sound from, like, Little China Girl. Oh, what's do you have a timestamp for that? Sorry, uh, like one thirty six. One thirty six. Okay. Okay, I think I hear that. That's once we hit second verse. Yeah, it's very soft in the. It's soft. It's in the left channel. Yeah, I like kind of almost hear it. I think. Let me turn it up a bit. I like didn't hear it at first, and then weirdly enough, I like. Yeah. Okay. It's kind of like almost a. Those like marimba kind of sounds. Yeah, like a marimba kind of sound. Marimba. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, I have a note on that. <laughs> hey. Cool. Yeah. It's kind of that. Yeah. It's like some sort of chord. Chord? No. Like mm-hmm. hitting a block instrument. Yeah. It's this bum, 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 bum. Dun, dun. It's like it's, its own little rhythm pattern. It does. Um, yeah. That's there. Um, what else is there? Uh, things are like louder, right? So, like, your yeah. basics are still around. You still got your bass drums, guitar, but the guitar is a bit louder. The drums are more like the chorus drums, uh, in terms of like intensity. And then that synth mm-hmm. you mentioned. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, they have the other thing here of this is half the length, right? There's one stanza in this instead of two. That's right. And so you get that guitar that leads you to the to the pre-chorus earlier, and it's also a little louder this time around. And it's almost it's getting closer to shredding. 
It's never mm-hmm. going to shred, but it's getting closer. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's more of that guitar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just doing, uh, yeah, that kind of like background stuff. Because it's still far away, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but that's kind of like what gets added there, right? Like, there's not a whole yeah. lot more. And this is where we do a kind of extended uh, as the world falls down. Like, he does his falling echoes after the chorus there, after the second chorus. Idiophone is the instrument type. Uh-huh. Marimba, glockenspiel, xylophone. I see. Anyway, had to look it up. Um, yeah, sorry. What, what you're, you're moving on to the chorus? Yeah, well, we've done the chorus. The chorus, second chorus, same, same as thing. the first one, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. And then we go into what becomes like an extended instrumental. Yeah, because this is like, we're through basically. the lyrics, right, yeah, basically, we, like we the verses through. and the choruses too. Um, mm. We've just got like the second half of the song left. <laughs> Yeah, it's because we're about halfway through, and it's like, well, yeah. how are you going to fill this space? It's like, well, we're just going to talk about falling in love kind of loosely for a bit. And yeah, it's like kind of an instrumental, but it's mostly instrumental. He still says words. Mm-hmm. Falling, falling, but like it's mostly instrumental. Um, yeah. But so then there's he lots also of synth. uses the. Yeah, sorry, go ahead. Uh, I was just going to say, there's like loads of synth. The bass mm-hmm. also gets like cool. It's almost like a little bass solo, and we're still like sliding, but I feel like it's different. Let me double check. Let's see. Okay, it's not that different, no, but like, it's, there's it's, even more focus on the it bass. It moves up sometimes, but it is yeah. like this same pattern. I think the next big one is he uses the title line as like a call for the uh, guitar solo to start. Oh, At yeah. they kind of like, like three minutes-ish. 310. As the world falls down and the guitar goes... Yes, little guitar solo. Okay, It's still kind of understated, you know? Like, I feel like the production really, like, sort of covers it up, which is sort of that distance we were talking about. Um, yeah. But it does kind of get intense there, right? So, like, um, I have, like, the 311 mark is my time stamp. Yeah. Um, but that's, like, other things kind of change, and, like, even the, like, synth, like, electric piano sound yeah, kind of gets a little more... Like rising chords on it. It really mm. sends us up. Yeah, it changes a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, just some more intensity. Yeah. Just for a little bit. And that's cool, because like, we didn't really get that too much even when we were doing actual like verses and choruses. We did. Yeah. Because you definitely like, get that build it. into as the world falls, falls down. down. Yeah, and that's like your final delivery on it. It's like, here you go. Because then the next time he says, as the world fall, falls down around 348, they use it to dip instead of rise. We get this mm. like synth. Yeah. Duh. Yeah. Dun, dun. Cool. Yeah. And then, I mean, it, it does this instrumental section, fades out at the end, which I think makes sense for this one, especially with the like sort of dreamy quality. Yeah. A fade out makes sense. Um, I like how we always talk about fade outs. And we're like, oh, David Bowie did it? Yeah, it's a good one. It's uh, good. I think we've softened on fade outs in general. That's true. That's true. Sometimes <laughs> they are kind of lame. But... Yeah, they can be a cop out, but it makes sense here, I think, in the context. Um, did you know that there's backing vocals on this? Where? At, like, at the end of the chorus, you can just kind of hear Any them. chorus? Um, I think so. Okay. Yeah, I do hear that. It's just like, is it another Bowie? It's another person. Okay. It's Robin Beck. 
Robin Beck. All right. Yeah, I, I had no idea. You, I had no I, idea. I like, looked at the, the credits. I was like, backing vocals? <laughs> like, <laughs> the fuck do you mean? Because Bowie also has a backing vocals credit because he has some, right. some harmonies. But yeah, Robin Beck is in there. You can just barely hear the guy. Chat fades out. That's the track, Alex. Yeah, that's the track. Um, should we talk? So there's a music video for this. The there is a music video was, for this. That was never released. Should we also talk about the scene in the movie or should we save that for a review? Let's save that. Movie? Let's save that. All right. So let's talk about the Steve Barron directed music video. Yeah, we'll Steve Barron's back. Famous for such, vi- such classics as the Africa music video. Yeah. The Billie Jean music video. Yeah. The Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie. Hell yeah. Coneheads, apparently. Coneheads. Who could forget Coneheads? Who could forget Coneheads? And a whole bunch of others. Uh, Money for Nothing. Yeah, we've talked about him quite a a few times. Summer 69. Yeah, we've talked about him. We've talked about him. Steve Barron. Yeah, he's... And I'll I'll be honest, I like his work. I like his music videos. Yeah. I mean, it it was interesting because, like, the way this one starts reminds me of the africa music video because right. of just the way it like pulls in on a room not that that is such an unusual thing and he doesn't always do that like no. i checked the billy jean video and it's nothing like that at all <laughs> but i feel like that's kind of a move he does sometimes is where Billie he, like, jean start the one where he's the the light up blocks on the street um he's the white suit everything he touches lights up dun, dun, i dun, can't remember dun. yeah that, that is it 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 is Okay, I sort of uh, didn't didn't finish watching the video. (laughs) It's like the main premise of the video. Yeah, (laughs) it is. You would have to not have seen any of the video to not know that. I know, I just just watched the start. Like, does it pull in on a room? It doesn't. Uh, I see, and then you're like, no, I'm done. Okay. I was like, that's enough. Yeah, so we pull in on what looks, and I'm guessing maybe because we have a French actress here, uh, Charlotte Valandre, I believe she's French, Um, but perhaps a a French balcony that we're coming into. Yeah, it's got kind of a European look to it, you know? Open the yeah. uh, open the windows and lean out. Something we did a lot in, in Rome when we were there. Yeah, fuck. I was always opening windows and leaning out. Um, you yes. Got, she's, she's printing off some papers. These just start out as some, like, they look like spreadsheets or something. And then it sort of morphs into David Bowie. But it's then, sort of, I mean, it's, mm. it's post-Let's Dance era. He's got, like, you know, shorter hair. And he's kind of got his suit on but he's sort of going for this i mean we talked about the 50s thing he's kind of got the like 50s crooner style going on yeah it's sort of a like almost pompadour hair style absolutely yeah which we see in in bowie around this time that's right yeah um, uh, we see this lady her her shoe drops off and then we just get a nice primo shot of her foot <laughs> Primo foot shot. Uh, the other thing about this video is it's all in black and white, but there's also shots from the movie which are in color. Not black and white. That's right. Yeah. Um. So yeah, we get to see her face. She's kind of looking. She's looking at this printer. Yeah, it, it transforms into Bowie's face. We're now printing out tons of David Bowie's face. And yeah, and is he moving at this point? Is it moving at this point? Not yet. Not so yet. what we've got is then a, like her face, and then we superimpose that photo of David Bowie over it. Yeah. And then we dive into her eye, and I assume it transforms into Bowie's eye, and we pull out. Yeah. But then we switch to this faded labyrinth footage. Yeah, it's, it's so weird that it's faded like that. Yeah, so it like zooms in on the face, and before you zoom out far enough to see whose eyes it is. 
mm-hmm. it shows uh, Jareth, the Goblin King. <laughs> yeah, you're like, oh. Um, but yeah, the video kind of continues like this. Like, we'll be going more specifics, uh, but it's a lot of like going back and forth between where Bowie is and where she is, and they're both like kind of thinking of each other. Yeah, and there's cool optical illusions that happen. Mm-hmm. Where they appear in each other's paintings and things. Right. Yeah, so there's a painting on the wall. I mean, this... It, Bowie's kind of, like, the first time you see him, he's, mm-hmm. like, in a, like, bar or something? Or, like, a Some, cafe? This like, room with music? a big circular window, and he's with his band. It's almost yeah. like a speakeasy or something. Yeah, and then after that, it's just, like, him in a room with Hoggle. With Hoggle! From, <laughs> from the movie Labyrinth. We um, have such, like, a serious, like, adult romance setup, and then suddenly fucking Hoggle shows up Hoggle on the shows scene. up there, yep. Um, Hoggled the dwarf from Labyrinth for those who aren't keeping yeah. up. So that's fun. Uh, what else happens in this? Um, so she approaches this photo on her wall of yeah. David Bowie. Um, she's looking at it. We got close ups on the face. We go to close up on David Bowie's face. Yeah, he's singing uh, the song. And like, it also shows, like, then she gets this transition where she's like. St- sort of standing in front of like a wall and then the wall disappears and there's just a big face like a giant yeah. face on the ground and she like and lays she down it. on it <laughs> she like, yeah, uh, she i don't i to... assume it's supposed to be david bowie's face but i don't know i assume so it's quite a large face yeah so and then that's, that's the face that comes up on the the printer now we're starting to print out these massive and that one gets a bit of color to it, it. Does it's look in, like, like a bluish face. color oh yeah it is bluish but then it shows the same thing, more or less, from the movie. Yeah. Uh, because there's, like, at one point... Yeah, that Hoggle, David Bowie Hoggle again. <laughs> we get premium Hoggle content Yeah, here. he's off on his own, and uh, there's, like, big stone heads all over the place, including this one. Yeah. Back to Bowie. He's now in, like, his sort of, like, mansion here, and then we see Hoggles in the mansion with him. Yeah, they're just hanging out. <laughs> It takes, um, like, four men to operate Hoggle, and they brought him out for the music video. For the video, yep. Which is As, crazy, but yeah, so Hoggle sees that the painting of the, the woman has been askew, so he goes up to fix it. Yep, gets his chair out, goes to fix it. Um, Eats shit on his way down. <laughs> oh, he's now fixing a, the painting. Yeah, David Bowie singing. The pain. Eat shit. David Bowie doesn't even go to help him. But the painting's fine. Uh, and it's then just crooked I'm, again. I'm waiting because here we get like the oh, no, best optical. Well, we get a, a, the the boring version of the optical illusion. It goes from the painting's face to to the woman's face. Right. To then some labyrinth footage. Yeah, but various labyrinth footage. One. You get to see like. Oh, is this maybe that's later. Oh yeah, there's a few more movie scenes, right? Like you see yeah. Sarah running, and you see the the goblins, and you see the fire. Is fire? Yeah, gang? they give you the whole like like goblin city fight almost. You're just like check out all this this yep. footage here. Little Sir Didymus, some rocks, some explosions. God, gotta love Sir Didymus. But the best part is this like up around two thirty two, it goes from Bowie's face, and then his face morphs into this landscape painting at her. Oh place. yeah. That's cool, because like his eyes are the archways, and yeah, presumably and the building he is in. His nose comes down, and yeah, you're right. It probably is the building he's in. Alex. Yeah, that's cool, because it's like kind of face shaped. Um, yeah, that rocks. 
That's the best part of it. And then we get kind of the thrilling conclusion where a door bursts open at, at Bowie's mansion. Hoggle goes to check on it. He's like, he's like, I don't know. And then he closes it. And that's kind of more photocopies, more photocopies. And then Hoggle just like fucks off at the end. He's like, well, I got to go. Oh, and she, she crosses her legs and drops a shoe again. I'm not sure if it's supposed to be the same foot. That it's loses like, shoe. Oh, we've, we've been here already. Yeah, like we're kind of looping or what? Then what happens at the very end is it flashes Finn with a, like, it's crossed out. It's crossed so it's like, it. this is not the end. No Finn. Yeah. So it's like they're kind of stuck in a loop here. I guess Hoggle's maybe going out to grab smokes or something for him. He seems to be just kind of a gopher for, for David Bowie here. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah. So, interesting video. Seems to mostly depict two people who either w- were in love or or are looking for love. And, like, it's maybe implied that they are meant to be together, but for whatever reason, neither of them is making a move. I feel or like they a were love in ended love, and they're they sad have about it. pictures of each other. They do. You don't just get a painting of some fucking stranger. And I maybe you do, but <laughs> that no, but stranger I'm wondering, then like, because it's just like a, a fantasy thing. It's like, oh, I'm in love with the woman in the picture, but does she exist? Oh, I don't know, you know. Oh, you think it's like a Gloria situation? Yeah, it could be. No, I feel like because that's the the anticipation of that door opening, and like Hoggle's in on this. Like Hoggle knows that he, David Bowie's waiting for this woman, so I feel mm-hmm. like it's like ah, oh, he's there to help David Bowie through a hard time. Hoggle is very supportive. Yeah. He's like, don't worry, I'll fix your painting. <laughs> oh. Nobody ever comes to fix Hoggle's paintings. Nobody ever comes to fix Hoggle's painting. And you gotta ask the right questions. <laughs> and so yeah, I feel like it is I feel like they were but that's my read on it. Like you said, they could just be two lunatics that were <laughs> were cutting to shots of. They could very well just be two lunatics who are thinking of the idea of each other. Alex, let's talk about some cover versions. Yeah. Have you heard about this girl in Tacoma? I just stole your joke. What's up now? <laughs> girl in uh, a coma 2010. There's such a fool beating so fast in such a dreams. A love that will last within your heart. I'll place the moon within your heart. Girl in, t- girl in a coma. <laughs> Fuck. Uh, they're actually from uh, Texas. Alex. Yeah, from San Antonio. Yeah. Uh, three-piece indie rock band from from Texas. Um, They were together for a long time, which is to say, like, from a young age. Mm. Um, And I see their picture on Wikipedia, and it's, like, them in 2009. I'm like, yes, I knew people that dressed like that in 2009. That's very stylistically appropriate for the era. What is the dress? Um, Oh, yeah. Emo. Emo. Yeah, they look like... Like a bunch of bunch of emos. Hell yeah. yeah. So, uh, rock and roll band. Yeah. Rock and roll, baby. Power trio. Their, their names are referenced to the Smith song of the same name, Curl in a Coma. Mm-hmm. So how do we open this up? With some acoustic guitar, baby. Yeah, a little acoustic guitar strumming. Um, yeah, I always thought this was interesting because like, they're definitely like indie rock and they're not like very like gothic or like punk or anything mm-hmm. for the most part but they kind of keep it keep it a little softer and there's a lot of echo and stuff on this 
Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, I feel like this would be a good performance for a wedding band. Not to, and that's not in a disparaging sense. I feel like they hit a, a good line of like it's rock and roll, it's live, right? It's not too like you said, it's not gothic. It's not really too alt or anything. Yeah, but I definitely I thought it was a pretty decent sound. I think this is a pretty like reasonably confident version. Yeah. Um, like it has that acoustic guitar coming in, electric guitar in comes in later, kind of doing the like, the, like strum with the echo, and it'll be like strum once, but like bow, 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 but you know you get that echo afterwards. Yeah, um, good use of echo on there, so you and, get some of that kind of dreamscape from that. Yeah, a little bit of that. Um, then they sort of, they sort of go almost opposite. Uh, from the original, where they start like more choppy, uh, and then become more smooth, particularly by the time they get to the uh, refrain. Mm, yeah, um, and and that's like in the electric guitar. So like, especially like look at the pre-chorus and the guitar sort of starts playing those. That, da, 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 da. I guess that's choppy. That is uh, choppy, you for know. Sure. And then you kind of get it to playing like an interval in the pre-chorus section. Um, mm-hmm. And then into the into the refrain it, it goes into like an arpeggio which is a little like tighter a little closer together and feels smoother so that's cool oh yeah you get a very jangly uh, arpeggio on the guitar there mm-hmm. yeah it, i like that it is uh like a little rougher on the pre-chorus especially when she's like wasn't too fun at all like it's some good harsh hits it's like yeah it doesn't sound fun sounds a bit rough and tumble it's it's good use of good use of sound there yeah, and a cool way to like uh, progress that, become smoother and smoother as you go. Yeah, and hit the smoothness as on the world falls down, as the world mm-hmm. falls down. And then also on the as the world falls down. I mean, big vocals, uh, mm-hmm. so you really get that like lo-fi thing. So you kind of break up around the edges. Yeah, indie rock sound, baby. Indie rock, baby. And yeah, it does like play on some of those like like fifties rock band ideas that are kind of present in the original with the progression. It's like with a jangly guitar on there and playing right, which I guess is also maybe from their Smiths influence. Mm. For sure. Which we know is where they got their name. Yeah, they love that jangle pop. They love throwing knives at their guitars. Throwing knives at their guitars. That's how you make it jangle, baby. You got to make it jangle. Listen to our (laughs) this charming man episode from several years ago. Yeah, our like third episode of (laughs) Cover Me. Maybe our fourth. Um, they kind of, I really feel like they sound of the time mm. still, even though there's a bit of throwback. Like, if you listen, like, I'm thinking of, like, other rock bands, and they kind of remind me sonically a little bit of the Fratellis, but less frenetic and danceable. Okay, I don't know much of the Fratellis. So. Yeah, it's just like, I don't know exactly, I can't put my finger on exactly what it is, but I'm like, yes, that's late 2000s rock. Sure, yeah. Yeah. But I, I think it's like well realized version, you know. I like yeah. the sound. Um, it's a pretty good update. It's not necessarily the most like unique, I guess. But I don't know if I should say that because I did, I did like their sound. Yeah, I liked, and I would say compared to other ones here, it has a more unique take than what a lot of them go for. Yeah. Um, and they do some interesting change ups. So during the chorus section, um, like the the end of the 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 pre chorus bit, there we get some bum. Bum on the second chorus, but not on the first one. The like bu- the backup vocals. Yeah, so yeah. we get a little little additions that way. Um, comes back in the outro. Comes back in the outro. Yeah, it's. I thought it was very solid overall. 
Get a big guitar solo section. Actually, it's not a guitar solo. She's just screaming real loud there. <laughs> I was like, that's a guitar. No. Nope. Nope, that's a voice. Um, yeah, it's cool. I mean, I also, I think the production is, like, for a smaller band, like, pretty solid, too. Yeah, um, that was really good. So, very cool. Yeah, but I like this it's, version. It's possible this smaller band has the fucking hookups. Maybe. Because their video is allegedly directed by Robert Rodriguez. What? It says that right in the, uh, I didn't read in the, the title of it. It says it at the end of the music video as well. Do you think Directed it's by that Robert? Robert Rodriguez? I would be weird to bring it up otherwise, wouldn't it? <laughs> You'd think, right? And I don't know, but so it's possibly the the guy behind El Mariachi from Dusk Till Dawn, Sin City, the creator of the Spy Kids franchise, the Machete, and, and, and more, and much more. The guy who wrote the foreword for the hardcover version of The Last Ronin, Robert Rodriguez, potentially directed what is a very kind of straightforward music video. Yeah, generally. I mean, visually, it's pretty solid, I guess, yeah, now, that, now that we're talking about directors. <laughs> but, like, it's not much of, like, a narrative. Although it kind of creates more than the, uh, than the song, because they add, like, an intro bit, uh, where yeah. it's, like, uh, the lead singer... Whose name I don't know. Um, Mrs. Possibly. Lead Singer. <laughs> anyway, uh, is like yeah, playing her yeah. guitar and uh, like, but like practicing, right? Like there's no amp. Yeah, She's so it's playing. unplugged and she just seems to be kind of noodling, maybe, yeah, maybe running some exercises or yeah. something. So, like, it's and close up on the fretting hand and you can see the camera focus around and look at different things. Yeah. But it's still very close up. So we have kind of three settings we we jump mm-hmm. between in this video. There's the practice area, there is the indoor concert, and the outdoor concert. Yeah. So yeah, we get uh, about 20 seconds of this fucking... <laughs> yeah, it's mostly the outdoor concert, which kind of looks yes. like it's a school. It I don't know if it like is, that. but it looks like there's a school building in the background. But I also see people who are... I don't know, there's a lot of kids around too, right? Yeah, there's like kids there because we get audience shots. Oh, wait. And then the background says, Welcome to South by Southwest. Okay, this is South by Southwest. Okay, it's South by Southwest. I think. SXSW. Yeah. So it might be like a, like a university campus. Yeah, that would make more sense. Um, so there's that. And then they show some other, like a few shots of the indoor concert. Not many. Not many. Mostly but focusing on the lead lead vocalist. Yeah, yeah. There's also, a big I don't emphasis think, on the lead singer here. Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't think the song that is played most of the time is uh, "As the World Falls Down." Like they look more intense than if they were playing a slow love ballad. Maybe they do it harder when they're live. Maybe they do it harder when they're live. That's true. And there are moments that match up. Like you can see mm-hmm. them match up the the voice, um, or like the ma- uh, lip syncing kind of. Yeah. For like the uh, some of the lines. There's some drum points you can line up too because they'll focus yeah. on the drummer doing a roll. But it doesn't seem like it always matches up, so it's interesting. So you think Robert Rodriguez is going to lead you astray? You're right. I should trust him. You should trust him. Yeah, it could be. Could be different footage though. So yeah, there's nothing like about this that is bad. There's also nothing that makes me go like to Robert Rodriguez. That's his yeah, fucking like touch that's, here. That's yeah, exactly. Because it's There's mostly, no, I mean, yeah. maybe some of the, like, color grading or something like that. I don't know. Yeah, I maybe don't know that's where he really that came through. Know. 
Um, but yeah, it's it's the band playing as you get along. It, it flips between the different scenes more. Yeah, there's a lot of like handy cam work too. So you get not only this constant flipping between shots, but like each shot is then just like fucking jerking from left to right or like something. You're like, okay, it's now it's a new shot. Now we, it's moving this next shot, and now it's a new shot. It's it's a little disorienting. A little bit. But it's Trust also not the, the full song. Yeah. We got two and a half minutes. True. And it's only two and a half minutes. 20 seconds on either end. So 40 seconds in total is uh, the lead singer here noodling on that guitar. Right. And the outro, it almost sounds like she's starting to play the intro to Crazy on you. <laughs> but I think it's just a couple chords. Okay. Um, but yeah, it's sort of like the guitar warm up at the beginning and end. And you bookend it with that. And then the middle is those other things yeah. we described you, you let him know it's directed by robert rodriguez who has directed music videos in and around this time as well hmm. but they're, they're like they're bigger names troublemaker <laughs> studios hey oh there you go alex now you're thinking with your full brain yeah yeah it's that it's that one it's that one by filmmaker well there you go robert rodriguez everyone hmm. comedy based in austin texas which would make sense because I think that's where South by Southwest is, right? Austin? Yeah, I'd believe that. It's somewhere in the South by Southwest region, Alex. But we gotta go North by North East for this next cover by Signa Tolufsen? Signa Tolufsen. Oh, you, gotta, you gotta say the G? I think you say the G. Signa Tolufsen. like in Guy, yeah. Okay. 2011. There's such a sad love Deep in your eyes A kind of pale jewel Open and closed Within your eyes 2011, yeah uh, American Dutch singer-songwriter Dutch um, Yep, based in Amsterdam I guess Yeah, that's, um, that's what she says so here we go. This is the version you guys are all expecting to hear. There, she's apparently folk rock, but this is just straight up acoustic soft times, baby. Yeah, which I guess I would associate with folk. Like, yeah, genre. Folk people do, do um, have acoustic guitar. She also seems to be playing electric guitar. Yeah, and singing, but like and it's singing. solo. Yeah, that's where we're going here. Uh, I think the song fits uh, this style pretty well, and yeah. it's a pretty nice arrangement. Lots of like that finger picked guitar little more you know intricate than you would just get from just like strumming sure yeah you get a little like finger picking or something going on there and the the finger the guitar playing sort of follows like the bass part almost like boom 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 yeah it's like an interpretation of it if not the exact thing because it just does that like climb up yeah it's not a bad start i think my problem here is we get like a bit of added richness once we hit the the chorus section, mm-hmm. but then we fall right back down, and it's just like we st- we need a little more energy as we're progressing through. I think it does. Like you get a bit like uh, like this electric guitar is like sliding more, and there's more vocals, mm-hmm. and I guess there's more strumming and stuff, especially once you get to the actual refrain part. And then mm-hmm. you get like more vocal layers and things. At such a sensible moment, we hit as the world falls down and this guitar comes in from the back. This yeah. 
and that should just stick. That should just stay with us now. That's the new level of energy. It's not. But it drops way back down. Overwhelming. Yeah, it drops way the fuck back down. And so then we get it again, but then it's like, well, we already heard that on on the second course. It's like, well, what, why? Give yeah, because it does more. drop down. Like the second section is back. It adds piano chords. Yes, it does. And a random like worth. note at two oh six. A random note. Yeah, just a random note. Okay, maybe the version I downloaded onto my phone was just fucked because there was like just a random like fucking beep. Huh? Yeah, I don't, I don't hear it. Oh no, wait, there is kind. I kind of hear it. Yeah, like two of uh, go like two oh two. It happens around the okay. two oh four mark. I'm listening. It'll take us. Yeah. I don't know, man. It doesn't sound out of place it's to at me. At the shift between 204, you, but you hear it? I, I don't know. It's from it's the shift from 204 to 205. It's this. I didn't hear it. You didn't hear it. It's there. I can hear it now. Okay. I don't know. I'll have to go back and listen to it. <laughs> you, I don't you hear say it. That. That's just your way of saying you can't hear it and you will never I hear it. I can't hear it. And like, I've never I said that. Don't know you're like, I oh, go I got to go back and listen to it. And then like come to me later and be like, I did actually hear that. No, that's just be like that. Nah, no, nah, I can't fucking hear it. I'm never going to fucking hear it. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> fucking lying to me. I'll, I'll go back and listen. No, you won't. <laughs> I was trying to move things along smoothly. <laughs> it did not work. No, it didn't. Um, it's there, Alex. I swear on my life. Uh, drums come in halfway through the second chorus, so you get a little, you, in theory, get some juice there, but. Little juice. Juicing it up a bit. Yeah, not so, a whole yeah, lot. So, yeah, I guess my, my critique on this is I do like the bass line here, and I mean that not as in the, the bass line, but as in like our present. Yeah. Our present level of energy. I think that starting point oh, is I fine see. and good, but I think l- allowing a more gradual build rather than a, just a classic like verse here, chorus here, back to verse, then to chorus. I think, yeah. Because it's not even like it's a heavy, high energy build. It's almost like, you know, eating a rich cake. You're like, oh, now this bite's got some icing and some sprinkles on top. Like it's a little more there. It's the perfect bite. That kind of build. Yeah, you get the perfect bite as you go. And I think that could work here. And I don't think that's what happened with Signatolifson. Signatolifson, perhaps not. Yeah, I, I I did like this one uh, more than I often like these sort of like solo guitar ones. Mm-hmm. Um, you're right; it doesn't change a whole lot. I thought, fortunately, that it's like short enough for me. Like if it went for 450, then oh yeah, would definitely have needed more. Um, I think the 314 is is a good length for this one. Um, because it, you're right, it doesn't do much more. Yeah, that's fair. It doesn't overstay its welcome. Yeah. Um, but someone who might do that, depending on how you feel about him, is Daniel Boaventura in 2014. There's such a sad love Deep in your eyes A kind of pale jewel Open and closed within your eyes I... Who might do that, yeah. My uh, Brazilian actor and singer has been in musicals including Peter Pan, Chicago, My Fair Lady, and even The Addams Family. Even The Addams Family musical. That's right. Which I believe, uh, I don't know if, like, it didn't say on Broadway or anything, because I know Nathan Lane was in that one. Right. As, uh, I think is Gomez, so. 
So yeah, Gomez maybe this Adams. guy's in the in the Brazilian version of that. Because yeah, I think he, Bo Ventura did play Gomez Adams as well, from what I read. Yeah, so yeah, that's what it says. Be, so yeah, I don't know if it was in the same show or not. Hmm. Um. But here he is, and he sounds exactly like a guy who would be a Brazilian actor and singer who's been in musicals. <laughs> <laughs> uh it's that kind of like it's that kind of you get the sort of energy that you would get from like crooners of the 50s yeah absolutely if their corpses a bit of were that, kept like, alive long enough to be alive in 2014 old school pop energy for sure yeah 100 percent um, even the like the instrumentation yeah. reads so like soft jazz or like smooth jazz like 80s style it's like like I see that. Tone. Yeah, it's definitely got like the smooth, it's like poppy, smooth jazz. Yeah. Um, poppy jazz feeling as described on Wikipedia. I don't think, I think I might as well paraphrase that. <laughs> okay. Hey, that's, it works for me. It makes sense. So that's what you're getting here. Yes. And like a little bit, like it's not, usually when we talk about Brazilian music, it's like bossa nova. Right. Um, which is interesting because there's like other types of Brazilian music. But anyway. Um, <laughs> Yeah, this the is old more Nova. of that like straightforward Wait, I mean, jazz and and you get some of the rather. like feels a little bossa at points but like not very much like it's kind of the way the drums sound but not even necessarily the way they're played right just kind of the yeah the sound of it and it's mostly the clicking i think there's like some clicking yeah because i'm listening and it's mostly it's like it's kit drums so at you're not times. getting like like hey, yeah i'm not not quite picking it up but i do pick up on like fucking weather channel ass like guitar and piano <laughs> very yeah everything's very gentle right yeah and then you get that like soft ep yeah soft guitar soft ep guitar mm-hmm. slides around a bit uh lives a faster guitar later um a little bit but that's later on yeah you mostly get this guitar that would just like noodles a couple of like notes here and there to start mm-hmm. with so it's very soft. Um, and like you talked about his voice already. It's, it's crooner style, right? Say? Maybe like, not. Um, yeah, it feels very pop, right? Yeah. Um, the one thing that is interesting about this version mm-hmm. has a, a bass solo. Yeah. That sort honestly, of? even listening to the background today when I was, I was making breakfast... Yeah. That's what like stuck with me. I was like, "Fuck yeah, bass solo!" Now we're doing something interesting. Yeah, and it sort of has the sound of the original bass, but it it is you know it longer. Yeah, the tone on the bass is almost identical to the yeah. the original. Yeah, so that's um, cool, and it is Very cool. Kind of get like guitar arpeggios throughout that as well. Yeah, um, and that's kind of like yeah. I said that was the interesting part of the song. Yeah, it that's is. the part of the song I enjoy. The rest, not so much. And so, yeah, I would say that is, like, the idea he should have maybe run with, is, like, that bass line is so critical to the original version. Mm-hmm. So, like, expanding it out with a little solo section is tight. What what else can we do there? What else can we do to highlight this bass a little bit, maybe? Maybe yeah. I'm just speaking as a bassist and be like, <laughs> like give me a little time in the limelight. Yeah, Let's give me a little go. more of that bass. Hey, I'm all about that bass. But yeah, it's, it's pretty safe. It's pretty, uh, like, as much as you can sand down this sort of already cheesy romantic ballad, it's yeah. it's more sanded down. So I guess maybe in that sense it kind of fits, but because it was always pretty pop. Yeah, but there's, like, I guess it's it's like seeing, 
like if David Bowie does something that square people do, it's like transformative, right? You're like, holy shit. <laughs> Whereas if like some square does something that square people do, you're just like, okay, that's not. <laughs> it's just normal. That's what we expected. Yeah. Um. Yeah. But what you people might not be expecting is this next cover by Grace Potter in 2016. Twenty sixteen, yeah, and I think the video was put out in twenty twenty. Oh yeah, I forgot to talk about the Daniel Boaventura video. It's mostly just him singing in black and white, right? Did I miss that one? You must I don't even have that it. one, Alex. It's, it's oh, it's a lyric video. That's why we're not talking about it. Okay, but yeah, it's him singing in black and white. The lyrics come up. Grace Potter, YouTube artist, um, released this initially as a tribute to to the David Bowie in twenty sixteen. Yeah, twenty sixteen. And um, then released it as a single in the year 2020. Ah, that's it. That's how it came to be there. Um, And immediately we're hitting that bass line on this kind of like, it's like this, like modern psychedelic rock and using flaming lips as kind of my focal point for this. And other things I think that makes sense. Love to do this sort of carnival-esque synth. Like there's just <laughs> twinges of like a dream carnival to it all. And you hear it mostly in lips like covers, like when they're doing like their Christmas shit uses it a lot. And here you get some of that same effect. Yeah. And like put everything through like a, like a strained tape effect. Mm-hmm. You get that. You really like, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it has that, the that feeling of like, yeah, it, it could collapse at any moment. This, yeah. this tape. And like the whole thing is is that, yeah. But I, I I'm not going to knock that sound because nope, I do like it, sound. I like and it. I also think it works great in the context of this song. Mm-hmm. Um, what other sounds here? So there's that. There's like that synth you mentioned. There's the times like a harp like effect, kind of that like fast strumming sound. Mm-hmm. Um, and it also kind of sounds underwater, which is probably just like more of that echo stuff <laughs> and filtering. Yeah. Um, and then later on, it comes and with, maybe like, even the notes strings. they're playing because you hear it on that like the chords that boom, boom like those ones sound particularly underwater. And yeah. I wonder if that's just like a, like a two chord hit we associate with underwater tracks or something. Like if it's maybe. playing on something more than just a filter effect. Very well, maybe. But yeah, we're we're pretty well seated in the realm of like psych pop here. Yeah, it's got that sound to it, um, and and yeah, that's what it sounds like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Breaks out a bit once you get to the refrain, because um, it sort of tries to filter things down a bit, but it's still got that like um, yeah rough edge to it. Yeah, we get a bit of that roughness when the guitar chords and the the drums sync up their stings in the first verse. Bam, 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 bam. Yeah, I hear that. And it really cuts through the mix because everything else is so soft. So you get a bit of that energy and it's interesting because they're softer, those parts, the drum and guitar are softer in the second verse, but the second verse still feels louder and more energetic overall. Yeah, it's also got, the second verse has that like high synth on it Mm -hmm. playing like chords basically the whole time. Yeah. Yeah, it does. But yeah, you're right. That sting on As the World Falls Down, which we should talk about before the second verse. Big, huge. Boom, boom. It's like brass. It's two big notes. 
and they really rely on that even in the outro to like continue to inject life into this track as it goes. Mm-hmm. So I like, I guess comparing this to the Cigna version for me, this one has the dreaminess and kind of like the down tempo stuff, but with a lot of good tricks for adding in bits of energy. It's definitely a lot. Yeah, there's a lot more going on in this one. And Which the bass out, guitar yeah, isn't even well doing it. its its bass line, but it's still got a little bounce, a little groove to it. It's doing something a little different here. Yeah, I didn't note the bass on this one. What's it even doing? It's like this boom, 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 boom. Just kind of like a like a gentle like groove to it. You can hear it like around one, yeah, one thirteen. It's in the mix already. Boom, 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 boom. That's probably even more like classic ballad style, like doing a root fifth, maybe. Boom, 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 boom. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's 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 that version though. Yeah. That's the sounds we, there. We get it. That's the sounds. Um. Big explosions. At times, um, I keep accidentally hitting the music video instead of the track on title, which I'm listening to. So I'm like, I changed the timestamp. Why isn't the mu- <laughs> the music shifted? <laughs> oh yeah, the music video. There is a music video. It's mostly close up it's, on her face with various yeah. lights. It's visually the like representation of what we were talking about that like tape decay effect combined with the dream carnival. It's yep, that lots visually. of grain on lots it. Lots of grain. Um close up and then there's sort of different lighting effects on her face because it's close up on her face so there's lots of red and blue lights periodically and sometimes just like white um and sometimes this like star pattern like cosmic Mm -hmm. thing um the universe is in her face it will bring the universe into your Your face. face yep and has no other connection to the song to the original to the lyrics no Uh, it's um but at the end there, 328, it puts up the message, remembering the man who fell to Earth, which... Yeah. Like, Only Bowie. to fly back to the stars. Back to the stars. The party's in space. Isn't that freaky? Isn't that freaky, boy? Um, let's talk about Chris Comiso in 2018. La, 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 la. So, such a sad love. Deep in your eyes, a kind of pale jewel opened and closed within your... Let's talk about Chris Comiso. Speaking of freaks! The piano shack, pop singer, songwriter, music producer, actor, filmmaker, plus actor. No, okay, hang on, what already. is the piano shack? The piano shack, what? You said piano shack. I did, that's his website. Oh, okay. <laughs> or, I think that was... I went to his website and said the piano shack, but I don't see that now. Okay. Yeah, if you go to his, if I searched his name and one of the first options was the Piano Shack, but it's chriscomiso.com. Okay. I just, I think I must have looked at something else, but he's got singer, songwriter, music producer, 80s music freak, and synth nerd. Oh, he's a freak. He's a freak! At least one person called him a one man band. Oh, was it him? Wait, his contemporaries, allegedly. Uh, I, hmm, okay. Yep. <laughs> He, that is technically what he delivers here, though I doubt he's playing all the instruments at the same time. Right. Uh, and this one has, like, it has a bit of one-man band vibe. It has a bit of, like, acapella vibe to it. It has the vibe of things I don't like, to, <laughs> to summarize Fair it. enough. This one actually felt more like a Christmas song to me. I can hear the that. Other ones. Can hear and that the song right has that. a bit of that, because it's got, like, the nostalgia vibes and stuff. Yes. But this one... 
to me tapped into that the most. The Even Christmas that like side. drum cymbal roll right off the top mm. into those kind of shitty pop acapella style vocals that he does. <laughs> don't like his voice, eh? I don't. I'm not a fan. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. It's a lot of. It's a ton of like. He plays the piano, but no, you're right. The beginning, he does the like intro on uh, like on like vocal with vocals instead of like synth. And it really does have that acapella feeling to it. Um, and throughout the song, like a ton of like vocal harmonies from like overdubs. Um, it it sort of sort of sounds like he's got a harmonizer going on. Yeah, I believe um, that. And uh, what else is going on? Yeah, bass little shake sticks pretty close to the original. Some and then like snaps, bass close piano to the original. And, yeah, piano. Like, piano and EP are like the big sounds I think in this one. Yeah, um, I guess like I feel like none of the elements really merge together well either. Is I think a big issue I have. I this. didn't love the overall sound of this one. Um, really. Like, it sort of sticks with the beat of the original, but doesn't have that 80s reverb. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it's really, like, the, into that, like, kind of soft rock area with, like, yeah. some of the other elements you mentioned making it a little yes, poppier. Yeah, it's like you got this weird pop soft, acapella thing. Yeah. You've got, actually, like, a, what without these other things, I think that bass tone is pretty solid. Again, mm-hmm. if people want to take a version that highlights the bass on this. Yeah, everyone's just, copying just the bass. That. That's good. The bass is good. The bass is good, but it like it comes up against everything else. This very like very high trebly drum kit. This his vocals like none of these pieces are coming together in a way that says good music to me. Yeah, I didn't love it. I didn't love it. Didn't like um, a piano solo in yeah. here. Was that good, Alex? Is anything here good? Mm, he does it. He replaces the the verse, the second verse, with the piano solo. That's right. Something that happens sometimes. Yeah, it's okay. It's okay. If you like, yeah, it leads more to the nostalgia throwback thing. Sounds more like a Christmas song. Possibly because of the acapella. Yeah. I think, no, I think especially that intro sets you up for, for a bit of a Christmas vibe, which also is out of place with everything else. Um, I didn't like it. There's some chimey stuff in here too. There's a music video with him playing all these instruments with a like a projector light doing watery stuff over him. Yeah, and it's similar. Like it's red, blue, white, kind of like the previous video. Yeah, but it's yeah, it's got that like flowy look to it. He's got his like slacks on with his dress vest and his like yeah. flat cap. As his fucking cap. He's spinning an umbrella at times. Spins an umbrella sometimes, but yeah, just different instruments. Sometimes he's playing the piano. It seems to be a different location. Um, yeah, sometimes it's just his silhouette Yeah. on the wall. And yeah, that's pretty much it. He does yeah. a thank you at the end. because He does a, a thank, thank you. He's artist. like, thank you guys for voting on this song. I'm so glad you picked it. It's so great. I really <laughs> love this song. Um, I'm just rolling through the comments here to see. People are fucking loving it, Alex. Yeah, I mean, those are the, that's who leaves comments on these videos i I suppose so sometimes people will just be like sometimes you'll find some truth in the comments alex today i'm i'm just finding not what i'm looking for which i guess (laughs) doesn't mean it's not the truth but it's not as exciting as hoping sometimes youtube comments are gold but not on covers so much usually it's on old songs where people are like mom grandpa used to play us all the time he's dead (laughs) now and you're like okay there you go glad you have a personal connection 
That's great. We've got a personal connection to one more version here with Joshua Taker and Fia in 2020. There's such a sad love deep in your eyes, a kind of pale too. Open and closed within your eyes, I'll place the sky. Yeah, or possibly 2014. Wait, possibly 2014. Well, I was looking at the at uh, secondhand songs, and there's a Fia and Josh version in 2014. Okay, and well, I don't know if that's this version or not. This I version is 2020 on uh, title, isn't that? I think that's probably where I got the the numbers. Maybe they did it in in in. in I think it's a different version. Yeah, I think it could be something. I think it's the redid. same people. So these guys do what starts out sounding like, hang on, first Taker's a guitar producer, uh, sound engineer, songwriter, and sound artist from Melbourne. From Melbourne. Uh, And Fia's a DIY art pop music project for Sophia Exner, who's a multi-instrumentalist and songwriter. Uh, That's where Fia comes from. Yeah. She's so Fia. (laughs) She could stand to be a little less Fia. No, um, (laughs) I think she could stand to maybe take over more of the singing on this version. Would yeah, be my first I think, critical note. I feel like there could have been a little more discussion because it seems like they both take a verse in mm-hmm. theory, but then yeah. the first verse is longer and then he like comes in on the second verse partway through, so it's like she barely gets any of the song. Yeah, but Joshua yeah, kind of I guess you could a, say he, he take her verse. <laughs> <laughs> he take her verse. <laughs> Um, yeah, so this starts out sounding like a, a sad, sleepy baby song. Yeah, it's, um, it uses, like, EP, and it's got, like, a vibraphone kind of sound, or, like, a Celesta, maybe. I, this one is, like, twee to me. For sure, Kind yeah. of, uh, on that side. Um. But I think there is grounding for yeah. that in the original, particularly in the context of the movie, where it's plays from a music box. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So I give it a bit of a pass for that, but definitely, certainly twee regardless, but, mm-hmm. but twee not for the sake of being twee, maybe, maybe. Just because it's like, ah, we're doing the indie thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they really go for it. Their percussion is like slapping a microphone or something or like slapping a guitar, maybe. Is it? Oh, it does have a pop sound to it. Yeah. Like popping. Yeah. But they keep it pretty simple because of that. Like they sort of have like mm-hmm. ambient synth going, but it's mostly just them singing, mostly. Yeah. Um, and the harmonizing because they do because it's a duet. Um, and then other than that, we describe those sounds. They're sort of the like vibraphone. I said maybe it's Glockenspiel sound. Um, yeah. There's some synth that plays, and then it sort of in. gets taken yeah. over later on by a, like strumming guitar. Mm-hmm. And then they're both playing after the second chorus. Right. But it and keeps it some, very small. Mm-hmm. We get some finger snaps. Yeah. It is very small uh production or arrangement and that's fine i think like i think the the real weakness here is that we didn't sort out who's singing what and when (laughs) yeah that was a little funny but i do think i do yeah i i think overall i did like this one yeah Um, i think it's not some of them are so busy Mm -hmm. it's a good like come down one and i think there is some merit to this one being a duet Mm mm-hmm it's it, it's not like it has to be a single person. It doesn't have to be a duet either. But yeah, I think I think she's the better singer of the two, or perhaps just the more interesting one to me. Yeah. Or maybe she, she, maybe I just associate her vocals more with the twee arrangement. Maybe it just <laughs> it like just it fits better for me more. Yeah. Yeah, that could be it too. But yeah, that's kind of the sound of it. 
Um, she yes, she mostly gets the second verse, but there's still some Josh on there. So, mm-hmm. yeah, nice, simple, easy. Let's mm-hmm. break this down, Alex, into, Let's do into it. three categories. We got, you know, it's our final verse. People know what it is. We've got the worst version. We've got the best version. And we've got the version that you would play when the world's ending, bro. As the world's falling down. As the world falls down. Um, yeah, Alex, what's the worst version of this? What's the worst version? I think there were a couple I didn't really like, but I think worst is probably Chris Commisso. Yeah. Uh, just because, uh, like, the other ones were okay, if, like, not maybe a little boring, but this one, there's just things I didn't like about it, you know? <laughs> I yeah. didn't like his voice either. I didn't really like the sound of it overall. And, uh, yeah, that's kind of Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah. I didn't like individual components of it. I didn't like the way the individual components came together. Um, I don't like Chris Camiso or Camiso. I think personally, if I were to meet him, I don't think I would like him. Fight him. <laughs> so it's, it's just a failure on all accounts. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Worst version for me, Alex. What's the best version though? What's the best version? Hmm. You know, I liked. A, I did like a couple of them as well. I think the one I liked the most was "Girl in a Coma." Yeah, a little rockier. I really like that one. Uh, but I thought it was a good approach. Um, and I liked their sound, and I thought it was well put together. Yeah, Girl in Coma does, like, soft, like, there's some good energy to it. It doesn't lose out on the ballad aspect, but it, mm-hmm. it still manages to inject a little rock and roll in there. Yeah, a little more That's a really solid energy. pick. I'm gonna go a little the other way. I'm gonna go with Grace Potter, I think, actually really knocked something out here. Good use of synthesizers. We get a lot of that dreaminess, but we get some really great big hits of energy that I wasn't really expecting, just like kind of kisses of brass and things here and there. And it's like, oh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. we're doing something a little interesting. So that's In that psych version. vein? Yeah. You know me, I like to get psyched. <laughs> In the vein. In the vein, bro. Um, Alex, what, what? the world is falling down. What are you throwing down on the old, the old what LP? What are you throwing down? What are you broadcasting on the, on the airwaves? I feel like... We got to chill out when the world's falling down because it's a very stressful, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, stressful thing. So I feel like now I kind of have two in mind for this. I'm trying to think okay, of which one okay, okay. I would take. I think I might take uh, Fia and Josh. I feel like that'll help you chill out a bit. Not okay, that the song is yeah. that exciting, but for me, that's the one that, like, it's simple enough. Right. I almost picked Signa, but I feel like I'm going to lean towards Josh and Josh Joshua. Yeah, yeah Ty- that little... Tyker, Tyker, Taker. Taker. Joshua Taker. Taker verse. Um, you got to say it maybe with an Australian accent. He's Australian. Tyker. Ooh. Yeah. It's, it's Joshua Tyker. Tyker. Anyway. Tyker. Tyker. <laughs> Um, yeah, that's the one, that's the one I'm picking. Yeah, solid pick, Alex. Um, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go with Girl in a Coma here, because, you know, it's got a little bit, it's got a little something for everyone. There's a little harshness, there's a little softness. Gives you time to reflect on all the aspects of your life, and get worked up. To do whatever you're gonna do while the world's falling down. But that's our final verdicts. Those are our opinions. You've got different opinions, similar opinions. Want to talk to us about a version we didn't talk about? Hit us up on the app formerly known as Twitter. We're still there. Hashtag CoverMePod, at Jake the Cressy, at some Alex Wise Guy. Send us your comments, questions, concerns, suggestions for future episodes. 
You can also email those to us at covermepod at gmail.com. Talk to us there. Be sure to rate and review us. We are on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Podcasts, YouTube Music, um, uh, previous guest, longtime guest, repeat guest, good friend John Bell uh, says he now uses a podcast app called Podurama. And mm. I think we're on there too. Let's check us out there. We're even on Spotify, kind of. Um, they still haven't reinstated our episodes. I've emailed them four times. Not a single <laughs> response. Except when I emailed the wrong email, and they're like, send your email to the other email. And I was like, I already have. <laughs> Fucking assholes. Uh, but we're on there. Hey, be sure to tell your friends, family, neighbors, loved ones about us. Tell them all what you can do this week to really get the word out there is uh, give your family a peach that when you bite into it, it plays this episode of Cover Me, kind of like like those those birthday cards where you open up, it plays a little birthday song. <laughs> but instead, it's you might have to rig this one a little bit. It's a peach. You bite into the peach. You do it that way. And that's what you can do for us this week. That does it for today's episode of Cover Me. And as we always say on Cover Me, I'll spin you Cover Me evenings, though we're strangers till now. <laughs> 